Welcome to the Grown Man's Book Club. It's your host, Puzzle Making Poe. And we're going to start off a Grown Man's Book Club on the Gosbrand segment, Chapter 6 of the Tulsa 1921 Riot. And um, we're going to start it off at page 52. Down at chapter 6. One second. Sorry, you guys. I know you guys need to have my full attention. And I'm not giving it to you right now. And I don't appreciate that. Alrighty, so getting starting it off, Charles Daly never really explained where he got the machine guns. We dug it up. It's all he told Lieutenant Conley Rulney. This is sometime after midnight, after Rulney and his Kirkpatrick had run the looters and villagers out of Maggie's hardware and locked it up. And Daly had ordered in the self-appointed auto patrol running wild over the city without any head or anyone to give instructions. Rooney would later testify that he had never seen or read of a situation quite like this one with thousands of armed men in groups of 200 or more wandering aimlessly through the city looking for a fight. The mob spirit and the fever heat was there. The world quoted him as saying any interference without plenty of help would have been a battle. Rooney wanted to segregate the African-American district that is surrender it with a coronet. Surrender it with a corridor of men to keep the contrabands separated, separate. But he and Daly agreed that they had not nearly enough men to do it. Fewer than 30 National Guardsmen were at their disposal, and while the Tulsa Police Department were numbered, 64 men, 32 patrolmen, 14 plankless men, and 18 traffic officers, many were of questionable value or of absence altogether. Chief of Detectives J.W. Patton and other officer, for instance, spent the night guarding the ice plant and watching the mayhem from the building's rooftop. Gustav later testified that assembling his men was complicated by an end-of-month shift change, which involved officers on day duty switching to night and vice versa. Most of whose did report seem to have been kept as far from the center of action as possible. But even with every policeman, National Guardsman, ex-servicemen, former homes, home guardsmen, 
and all of the various hangers on stomping about runley did not think he could secure greenwood when i first reported at the station runley said it would have taken at least 100,000 wait 1000 men to restore any degree of order and to have put an effective guard line around the negro district would have required that many more kickpatrick Uh, we're gonna so let's see really quick. We got you know a good little read here. Maybe do another page and a half here. We're not gonna go through the whole chapter tonight, so we'll do what we can. Alrighty. Kirkpatrick, who would later test serve in Tulsa attorney, had had managed to get both Barrett and Governor J. B. A. Robertson on the phone. And at Rudenley's instruction, asked if two rifle companies and a machine gun company be sent immediately. Barrett ordered Kirkpatrick to prepare a telegram to that effect and have it signed by Goosen, McCullen, and a district judge. In the meantime, Barrett advised he would begin gathering the additional troops in Oklahoma City, even so it would be morning before the men could reach Tulsa. Kirkpatrick did as directed and set about obtaining the requisitive signatures. Mayor T.D. Evans and former Melissapent court judge all but advocated during the crisis, and for this he would be severely criticized. Despite warnings from whites and blacks that tr trouble was brewing, he remained most silent and entirely invisible. Thus, Runley, Daly, Gulston, and Afliskin were making most of the decisions at this point. And despite their alarm at the number of armed white men roaming the city, they continued to see the situation primarily as a Negro uprising, possibly extending below beyond Tulsa in formation, reached police headquarters that large bodies of Negroes were coming from Sand Springs, Muskegee, and Mohawk, an outlying settlement both by train and automobile, causing daily to send out auto patrols with instructions to cover the roads which the negroes might come daily also organized foot and motorized patrols to canvas wa white neighborhoods to preserve order and assistance in gathering up all negroes who were to be brought to the police station no one was to fire a shot unless it was protect a life after all other methods had failed Daily ordered even African-Americans living in servants' quarters in white neighborhoods brought in, saying, Later, I thought some of the bad Negroes may set fire to homes of white people, causing a lot of destruction to property and possibly loss of life. Each car was assigned in ex-servicemen and as police officers as available, according to the Tulsa World, these squads also included home guards, presuming members of the wartime 
home guard. All about one in the morning, daily told only about the machine guns. So it took about one in the morning for these motherfuckers to wake up and actually say that they were going to do something. I mean, that's just, what does that time really say? I mean, come on now. So we got about another 10 pages to this chapter. So we're going to let it go here and send out one picture for this one. Thank you, guys.